Hello and welcome to A Voice of Progression. I'm your host, David Cox. Before we start today, I thought we would take a step back and just give you some history based on the conversation that we had in part one of Caught in the Act with Erskine Sloan in reference to something that he was talking about that happened back in 1969. So back in 1969, there was this riot that took place that they called the Stonewall Riot. It's also known as Stonewall Uprising. These were a series of spontaneous um, protests and demonstrations that took place in New York City in June of 1969. The event unfolded the Stonewall Inn, a popular gathering place for the LGBTQ plus community and Greenwich Village. In the early morning hours of June 28, 1969, the police conducted a routine raid on Stonewall Inn as they often targeted establishments known to serve the LGBTQ plus community. However, this time, the patrons on the bar and the community members who had gathered outside of the bar resisted the raid. The crowd grew in numbers of tension and escalated between the police and the protesters. During the course of several days of protests and clashes with the law enforcement, there were reports of injuries, Although specific numbers are difficult to ascertain, it is known that many people, including protesters and police officers, sustained injuries during the confrontation. The resistance of Stonewall marked a turning point as the LGBTQ plus community fought back against system, systematic harassments and discrimination. The significance of Stonewall Riot lies in the aftermath and the impact it had on the LGBTQ plus rights movement. The event galvanized and energized the LGBTQ plus community, leading to the formation of numerous activities, organizations, active activist organizations, I'm sorry, and the mobilization of individuals fighting for equality. The riot at Stonewall limited a sense of urgency and solidarity within the community and a wave of activism and protests began. One year after Stonewall riots in June 1970, the first gay pride marches were held in several cities including New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, to commemorate the anniversary of the uprising. These marches, which later became known as Pride Parades, served as a visible and powerful expression of the LGBTQ plus pride, unity, and demand for equal rights. The Stonewall riots are widely recognized as a key catalyst for the modern gay rights movement fostering increased visibility, acceptance, and advocacy for the LGBTQ rights and equality. The event at Stonewall 
helped inspire subsequent movement and milestone in the fight for LGBTQ rights, both in the United States and around the world. After this short break, we will jump right back into the conversation with our special guest, Erskine Sloan. do apologize for the distortion and some of the feedback sound that you hear during this recording. We were going to record this again, but there was so much that was done with passion. It would be hard to actually try to recreate it. So we decided to just go ahead and play it as it is. We hope you enjoy this series and this particular podcast of The Bible Tells Me So. The same thing that was being done to Black people when we dared to raise up our voices and say we would like to be counted. We would like to be acknowledged and we matter. It's almost as if um, people are uncomfortable with other people wanting to matter. Isn't that isn't that odd? Exactly. What it is, David, I call it the Fox News effect, where wow, people will be hear this they hear this 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 nonsense dispute on Fox, and instead of going and saying, you know what, let me let me research this, let me read up on this, there is no yeah. way all of a sudden, that most of these people, I'm not going to say all, but most of these people are not going to hear this pastor talking about all of this nonsense men are doing and how she knows about it, I don't know. Um, Drag drag queens are indoctrinating kids in libraries. You know, (laughs) um, this this thing, I want you to be disgusted by what I'm going to tell you and what do you want? What do you, what? I want you to not do anything about it, but I want to work you up and then yeah. leave you in this worked up state. What do I do with all this pent up anger that I have or loathing that I have for these that God forbid at this time your child comes home and decides to tell you that they're gay? Hmm. Reaction to that after you've been worked up into a frothy frenzy is to throw them out or beat them or put their lives mm. in danger. Like I said, at, at times when I've heard sermons, I have felt unsafe and I have gotten up and walked out. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. hear. I don't want to be around this energy because you people are, are are worked up into such a lather about 
gay people. And I'm thinking, you don't you you probably never talked to who was gay and just found out that they live a pretty much dull and boring life just like yours. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not all, you know, white, white parties and, and, and drinking till you black. It's like it's it's just like everyone else's life. Yeah. This happens in yeah. everyone else's, whether you're gay or straight. It's there is no <laughs> difference. And they want to, that's what that's that's what the whole thing is. They want to say that it is different. And when Christ basically told these people, you know, if there's one amongst you, yeah, that's no sin, let him cast the first stone. He did not make a distinction that this sin is worse than this sin. And I'm not even saying that our lives are a sin. I am saying the depiction of what they're talking about, they're trying to say one is worse than the other. But Jesus, did you see what they were doing? Did you yeah. see that hairy legs rubbing against each other? <laughs> and he said, I don't care. That's what Jesus yeah. pretty much said. I don't care. He goes, yeah. I see all of you. If there's one amongst yeah. you who has yeah. no sin, let him yeah. cast the first stone. And what did you say they all did? They, they wandered thought. off. And all of a sudden, she turned around and all these people, her accusers, are gone because... They lack the purity in their heart that they claim to have the superior um, position over this woman. Yeah. We are better than. And that's what I would say to people. Okay. Y'all see the guy with the hairy legs, whatever? Okay. Let any of you amongst this congregation without sin. In fact, what you're doing right now is sinning. <laughs> I hear you. Because some I'll of you are yeah. lustful state because this has been, you, you, you have a visual of it. Yeah. In your head. And it is causing you to either feel revulsion or some of you may excitement. That's Who true. knows? Because <laughs> people hide bottles sometimes, and they basically, right. you know, he who he who crows the loudest. Hey, hey, so true, so true, so true. And and I had a point that I was going to say. You were talking, um, and and then Jesus turned around. And he asked her, he said, where are, where are your accusers? This, In fact, just a point, this is uh, John 8. And this is the story about the adulterous woman. Um, interesting enough on that, I always, I got to that point where it was talking about Cassie, the first stones, because I know that we, we, will, we will emphasize he who without sin Cassie, the first stones, will quote that but I think after me really reading this scripture slowly as many times as I did the, the point that I wanted to to really take away from that is when he asked her the question he said where are your accusers have they condemned you and she turned around and she said they're gone and he said he said, have they condemned you? And basically she said, no, my Lord. 
And here's the point. He says, neither do I. Neither do I. I don't condemn you. I'm not here trying to out anybody. No, 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 no. I, no. I believe that, and, and it, it was, it was. I know I know. I read it, and I know it was one of the, and, and they, the way they talked about it, everyone else just glosses over it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if I was older or bolder when my grandmother read that passage, I'd have been like, Grandma, back that up. Yeah, what they, rewind. What are they talking about? What, are they, what do they mean? Because, see, they'll give you full explanations about how this, how uh, man shall not lie with man and lies with a woman. They'll give you, oh, oh he's talking about, he's talking about homosexuality. But no, no, what does it mean that he loved him as a man loves a woman, would love a woman? Hmm. What? Yeah. What is? What? What? What is he referring to? Yeah. What are they referring to? Since you got so much, so much, to, um, you know, knowledge about this other stuff, tell me what is he talking about? Well, you know, and I know because around the edges of this, and I think people are probably saying, you know, well, that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says, and and that's where. And we That's, don't want to interpret the Bible. <laughs> we don't want to interpret the Bible. And that, you know, that's where I ended up starting, you know, doing my research. And like I said, I think that we all sometimes should take some time and contemplate and think and ask questions because this podcast is primarily, I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I don't want you to have to try to think like me. I just want you to think. Right. Exactly. I don't, and, and I don't, I don't want to convince anyone. I know what the end result is. If you, if you were to take what someone said to you and, and analyze it and, and not just took it, take it from their point of view and, and actually start doing some research. We, at one time, like I said in, in, in previous episode, I was saying that, you know, all we had was encyclopedias. But, you know, we all have information at our fingertips now because we got to be so careful because there's so much misinformation that is available to now. They're even talking about the guy, just to bring this up to date, um, the guy who used to work at Google who came out with AI. And he's quit. And now he's warning how dangerous this could be because, you know, there's some good things about it, but it's some bad stuff that can be, dis you know, spewed out. And here we are. With history and stuff that's being, you know, people don't want you to talk about, you know, black history. They don't want us to know our history. There's a whole lot of things that are going on. In, if you just look at today's time, sometimes, some way history has its way of repeating itself. Oh, yes. And, and, and so, you know, but we have information. And if my point is, if you take the time, which, like I said, I'm 56 years old. I heard what the scriptures said. I've read the scriptures. I've been there. And, and for me, it took, not that I was so much interested in the scriptures. What, what put me to that point was, is the act. You know, when you, we were talking about the act and, and mm -hmm. of course the way people were acting, but it took me to that scripture. And then I started digging even more into the scriptures. And then I found out, here it is. 
that the word homosexual didn't even show in the Bible until 1946. That's when it was added in 1946. And quiet as it kept, they knew that the word, I have the Greek word, I wrote it down and I can't find it. It's, it's I know it's spelled with a K. I think it's Carsonic. It's like, Bottom line is, you know what, because I feel like I don't want to give all the information because if you want, well, all I'm going to say this is what we're saying and what, we're, what came out of this, I want you to do the work. You know, yeah. we can sit here and tell you what I found because I know there'll be people saying, oh, no, that's not true. Well, I'm not going to give you the point of references. of Go and search for yourself. You'll find it. It's, it's, it's not buried. No, it's not. It's I mean, information. To be honest, it, it, when I asked the question, because I was actually looking at videos, and I'm like, well, why hasn't this come out? And in the research, finding out that they did not, um, somebody, when they, first of all, it leads to the question of, okay, who decided that they were going to use this word and translate it that way? Who are these people? <laughs> that came to mind. So it's like, who are these people that put the Bible together? And did they and we are raised to say that that's God's word. Right. God exactly. Said. But it's not. It's 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 God's word um quotation. Um as translated by man and you know when they when they found out this 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 that this word was not the correct word it was brought to their attention yeah it was brought to their attention and they chose and to do what about it they didn't do anything about it and, and it, by it that makes time, you question why it makes you question why, why they didn't do anything about it yeah, and so it was interesting because then I had to say, well, what was going on in 1946? But it has something to even do with the Catholics, you know, because they were, these were the, all of these theologians and different ones came together in that same year. A conclave. To, to okay. put this out, yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here thinking, you know, things are being manipulated in so many ways, it would it has been, and and then my own understanding now, where I'm at with even just questioning the Bible, because of while I was doing it, I was like, oh my God, am I becoming an atheist or you know, <laughs> you know, agnostic? Not so much agnostic, but even not even so much an atheist. But because there was a point in time that you were taught to not question, question. right? Not question exactly to basically just digest without questioning any of this. And in any, any um, uh, hall of higher learning, yeah. the only way, the only way that you learn and you grow is by questioning. You get a yeah. deeper, you get a deeper answer. But so just to say, no, that's just the way it is. That's of God. That's the word of God. And it's like, no, 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 no. I am not a stupid person. I know that someone, a researcher, went out there, 
looking for these books of the Bible. And when they found them, I wasn't there, weren't there. So we can say conspiracy theories, you know, the way that they think. You can say, okay, they could have just made stuff up. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they tell you that God is still speaking to us today. And I feel, I feel God's presence. People mm -hmm. say, oh, but you're, but you're gay. You know, what, what, I can't feel God's presence. God doesn't, if God and he's everywhere, can't I feel his presence? So mm -hmm. it's like, you're telling me that this book, this static book, this unchanging book, supposedly unchanging book that has been changed, it's been translated into multiple <laughs> languages, which means it has, it, it, it does change. Yeah, because I mean, English language is one of the hardest languages for you to translate other languages to. It, it, and so that's why I think they keep revising, coming out with different revisions of the Bible. I mean, even in my research, I was, you know, they were saying, English, trying to translate something else to English, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Right. And because, not right. The way the nouns and the verbs are exactly. You know. And and in in my research, it was like that two, you have to also a heterosexual, I mean homosexual is a modern day term. That was where the argument was. So if what was homosexuality as we know today? Was it homosexuality? back in the Bible days. And that's one of the arguments that it wasn't even seen in that way. It was a mistranslation. Even to the point of two men laying, you know, in the bed together. This had nothing to do with, with a person. Mm -hmm. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. It had nothing to do because, you know, and it because unfortunately there was this whole thing about this identity. You know, people were kind of forced to 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 take on this identity because they pretty much was forced into it. I, I want to put a period there because you said that this is what I do. Then that makes me who I am. Well, if I can say something. Um, yeah. One of the things that you know, when you talk about, okay, they, they have to put a name to it. And what was it, what was it called in the Bible days? Remember in, let's say in ancient Rome, a man who, a married man, you know, he was expected to grow up, you know, get to a yeah. certain point in life and grow up and create a family. But he was allowed to have a male or female lover outside of his, outside of his um, marriage. Yeah. And once it became a thing where he did not marry at all and he, you know, decided to live with another man as a couple, this is where people were like, well, what are you? What are right. you? That's, that's when somebody questioned it. So at some point, Somebody said, we have to put a label on this. Yeah. We have to put a label on this. And probably for 
millennia, they they didn't. But somebody came up with a word of you know, um, uh, a certain species or a certain type. You know, the same thing. You're the same thing. Homo means which means I think one or homo. It's just right. basically a blend and sexual, which means that yes. you are you're sexual. There's a sexual relationship or some type of sexual goings on between these two things that are the same. Yeah. And somebody said, well, okay, homosexuals. So uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's basically someone saying we have to put a label on this. We need a label yeah. for this. And when, 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 you know, when that, when that pretty much happens, then you basically look at okay. Then this is other. This is this is a new thing. This did not exist before, because it was not the what do we say the social norm for a man to cohabitate with another man as he would with a woman. Mm. Right, and, and it basically like they looked at the like the Spartans. The Spartans were pretty much like this. They yeah. fought together. They basically they they took male lovers and they were not married. Some mm -hmm. were, some may not have been, but they were actually they actually had relationships with each other and you know formed bonds and became partners. Yeah. And and you know, but somebody some upset about it. And this is you know, this is one of these things. And you know, all of a sudden it took till 1946 when all of these, you know, gatherings, these religions got together, these different bodies says we have we have a common enemy. Let's put a label on this thing, let's put it in something that people will people will recognize um, and as an authority let's put this word in the Bible let's oh that's that's basically put put this somewhere yeah, so because, that it, it can be yeah, because, recognized a problem for us right and, and here here's the key because it was a, it was the the act it, 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 in reference it was talking about from what I what I what I've learned, it was dealing with more so of the sodomy of men taking domination over another one. So you shouldn't take domination over another man. Right. Not two people were who consensual because that was normal back then. And even though I know people are like, well, how could that be normal? But you have to go back yeah. to where the context of where this vibe and also you they were frowning upon back then of you doing it to children, little boys, which was to some degree, it went around, that happened too back in those days, which made me even think about the Catholic church. <laughs> you know, why, you know, I, I wonder is the reason why they had to come up with a, a word. I, I, I stopped there and I'll come to that, but I'm like all of these things that we've seen in come to pass with the priest.
in the in the altar boys. You know, well, is there some, some correlation with that? Well, well, here's the thing, and and because it is unnatural for um, humans to deny their sexuality. It doesn't matter whether because sometimes it becomes like I said the 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 abuse. It's an abuse of power. Uh, a, a priest having sex with a child, or an mm -hmm. adult having sex with a child. It's an abuse of power. Um, and, and and that's what they were getting at. It's an abuse. Right. It, right. Yeah. But yeah. But with, uh, as far as the the um environment that created this was that you put people, you said, okay, you're going to take a vow of celibacy. A vow of celibacy to never have sex. Let's totally ignore all those hormones that got poured into your body um, <laughs> as you've been studying at the seminary. Let's just ignore that. And then let's put you amongst the most vulnerable population we have. Where mm. anything can happen, where your authority cannot be questioned, where you would be believed above all. If somebody came and accused you of something like that, no one's going to believe you. And I have the authority and power to condemn you to hell. Mm. So you create a situation where this actually, those things could exist. Right. So, to, you know, and right now, one of the things that the Catholic Church is doing under the current Pope is removing the, the thing that, that priests have to be celibate, that priests cannot marry. Yeah. I was shocked when I heard it and I was like, what? He goes, no, it was never, it was never, it was never a solid rule. It's just it's something that we decided. <laughs> and you know, well, you and, know, and I was reading about that and, and it was saying that it was supposed to uh, mirror the life of Jesus. Yeah, uh, about that. Yeah, you know, but it was, you know, because you decided to take this vow to to live like him and to, rep, you know, because they're saying that there's no um, notification or no information that expressed that Jesus ever had any. Um, <laughs> right. Did he really have any carnal that. knowledge or that he. That he married anyone. 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 Right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I guess, so this is where you can really be an example of, of, of Jesus, you know, uh, and, and the, well, the God well, that's in him. Yeah. Where I have a problem with, with even that. Jesus, Jesus, according to um, biblical times, it, it, you know, he wasn't. In his mid, he was in his mid thirties. Okay, when they yeah. when they killed him. Um, 
a priest is a priest for a long time. <laughs> okay. Well past his mid-30s. Jesus, if Jesus didn't get married, I would say, okay, I'll buy that. Jesus didn't get married because he was about his father's work. He was bringing the kingdom of kingdom of God to the earth to basically save humanity. He was right. big. He was busy. Okay. I don't see priests doing that. They're not that busy. <laughs> okay? They're not that busy. And Jesus was able to do that by walking around. They have cars, planes, television, trains, the internet, yeah, everything. So you can't get done by age 33 what Jesus got done by age 33, and you have far more technology and ability to do this, and then you can go get married. What I'm yeah. saying is that if they, the, the fact that they said they wanted to mirror the life of Jesus, then you stop at age 33. Yeah, but to basically turn around and, you know, tell people to fight against their sexuality is is going to be problematic. Okay, it's going to be problematic, and well, it's been proven time and time again that is problematic. It's the same thing, like you know, like you know, like people would say, well, you can be. But you don't have to do anything. Why do you have to do the act? Why do you have to do the act? You know, you know what that lady was talking about. You know, yeah. Why you gotta rub your hairy legs? Um. <laughs> so, it's because, you know, at a certain point in my life, I was starting to feel suicidal. Yeah. Because I was going crazy. I was thinking, oh my god, it, there is something wrong. There is something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I got to be fixed. I, you know, but I, I can't. And I tried and I prayed and oh my God, I, I, I can't fix myself. So I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. That's what I do. Because enough of these people have told me that I'm an abomination, that all of this and that this is the worst sin ever. Oh my God, you are not a good person. And yeah. I'm like, I can't. I, you know, and truly contemplated suicide. Yeah. And finally, I think God had compassion on me and said, in my head, it doesn't matter. I love you. I love you. Yeah. And, and when I just said, you know what? I'm not a bad person. I have something to offer the world and I'm going to live. I'm going to live. But what I'm not going to do is deny who I am and what I am. Just like my eyes are brown, you know, my hair was all the characteristics that I was born with, I was born with this. Right. And when I fought against this is when I had trouble. My family out. I started living a secret life. I didn't, you know, I, I withdrew from my friends. 
And when I was forcibly outed against my will, but outed anyway, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. I was able to live my life authentically and found my way back to my love of God and my beliefs. And I was able to reconcile that. That's not, not, not the way my parents, you know, my mother sees it. But to feel that I'm a part of what I grew up with and was able to say, you know what? I no longer have to hate myself while loving Jesus. Because that's the way I grew up. Hating Ooh. myself and loving Jesus. Um. And, and it, wow. was, it was awful. It was wow. awful. I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel like everybody else and say, okay, and it, it's okay. And I can, you know, I can stand in the pulpit and, you know, stand in the church and the congregation and, and sing these songs and feel this joy that I felt as a young child, once again, as an adult, because I don't feel condemned because I have done nothing to be condemned for. My friends, we have come to the end of another episode of A Voice of Progression. Studying the Bible can be a transformative experience. It can challenge our preconceived notion and open our minds to new perspectives. As I venture into this in-depth study, I discovered fresh insights and learned things I had not previously considered. It is my belief that this podcast series will do the same for you. The Bible tells me so. Aim to enlighten, raise questions, and ignite personal journeys of exploration. We live in a time when these conversations are becoming increasingly relevant, influencing our religion, politics, and spirituality. It is crucial to approach these topics with sensitivity and empathy toward those who may feel threatened or excluded. I invite you to join us as we continue this conversation in future episodes of The Bible Tells Me So. Together we will explore further topics, examine different interpretations, and seek resolutions. Let us embark on this transformative journey challenging our beliefs and deepening our understanding of the Bible and its relevance in our lives. Until next time, I'm your host, David Cox, with A Voice of Progression.